Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Life and Limb podcast. My name is Chuck Anderson. This is episode eight of the show. Thanks for listening, however you found it, whether that's through uh, Twitter or iTunes or SoundCloud, or you found a little flyer on your car uh, that was stuck under the windshield wiper when you came out of the grocery store and you <laughs> and you checked it out because of that. Then uh, I don't know who put it there, but thanks, thanks a lot. Um, that's actually not a thing. Uh, so if, if you did find it that way, then, um, that's going to freak me out a little bit anyways. Um, (laughs) oh geez, you know, eight, so eight episodes in, uh, to doing this show, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, over the course of the last couple months of doing this and, um, you know, probably one of the, one of the trickier things to do, uh, with, with doing a podcast that's focused around interviews with all different people is the scheduling. And so to schedule interviews and to get people on the calendar and find a time that works for both of you is, is the, probably the, um, one of the trickier parts. Um, but it's certainly doable. It's not like something that holds me back by any means. You just, it just takes some time to figure out, you know, when works for, for, uh, yourself and, and your, um, hopeful guest. Uh, but it's not that big a deal. Uh, probably the most challenging thing though, so far has been recording these monologues. And this is such a self-imposed part of the show. Like I could just do the music and then do the, you know, have it go right into the interview, but I kind of like to have a chance to, to frame the show up and set it up and talk about what's going on and, and just, uh, credit the music and thank people for listening, blah, blah, blah. And you know, all that stuff. Um, but I am so hypercritical and I end up doing like dozens of these, you know, stupid things every time that I, you know, this, uh, this time I was like, screw it. I'm just going to record it and I'll talk about that. And I still ended up doing like five takes, but, um, this time this one's staying in no matter what. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's uh, just a little inside look at recording a podcast. If you're thinking about doing one, think twice about doing a, a monologue intro thing where you just talk cause you'll drive yourself nuts trying to get it right <laughs> every single time. Um, but I'm learning and uh, it's going well, so can't complain. Uh, anyways, today uh, for episode eight, I'm joined by artist and photographer Jeremy Cowart. And uh, to say artist and photographer and just stop there about Jeremy is probably a little unfair. He does so much more than that. He's he's one of those people that uh, you know makes you not want to complain about the amount of time in a day because... You know, you go look at the the work he's doing day in and day out, just the sheer amount of work that he does traveling and, and the, you know, the photography he does. Um, he, he's a, you know, celebrity photographer. And so he does a lot of um, shoots with celebrities and on location and there's sets involved and crews and, you know, it's a big production a lot. And then you know, so he's doing that, but then he also um, has nonprofit work that he does a lot of. And he recently la- uh, recently launched an app called OK Do This that's been going really well. And it's this sort of creative um, Instagram sort of concept. You know, there's users and we'll talk about that later in the show. But there's all these ideas you see and you take a photo of it and kind of submit the, you know, the photo to the ideas section and all that. And so that's been, you know, years in the works for him. And he recently put that out and and, you know, just he just does so much and does a lot. And I think uh, his output is inspiring in and of itself, let alone the fact that the work he's actually outputting is also of consistently really excellent quality. And um, he's just such a nice, humble guy. I really enjoy talking to Jeremy. So uh, if you're not familiar with Jeremy's work already and you want to uh, learn a little bit more about it or a little bit more about him, you can check out his website at jeremycowart.com. 
uh, or follow him on Twitter or Instagram under the, the same name. And you can check that out um, and get familiar while you listen to the show or whatever. Um, and if you uh, want to follow the uh, Life and Limb Twitter, it's at Life and Limb. And you can check out the website, lifeandlimb.com and, and everything. Uh, that's where you can find more about this show and past episodes and, and all that. So anyways, without further ado, my conversation with Jeremy Cowart. Please enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I am joined by photographer Jeremy Cowart. Jeremy, how are you doing, man? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing really well. Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate having you on, and I know um, it'd be fun to to talk. and And uh, we were just talking before we we got going here. Um, you're headed to Iceland in just a couple of days. Yeah, I'm headed there uh, Wednesday to work with one of my favorite artists, uh, Image and Heap, again. So super excited. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, so I'd I'd want to ask you a lot about travel and a lot about uh, places you've been eventually. But let's start with uh, Nashville. And that's where you're from. You're born and raised, right? Nashville? Yeah, yeah. Born downtown, lived here my whole life. I did a year in LA a couple years ago, but otherwise I've been in Nashville my whole life. Yeah. So how was that as a kid growing up? Like, you know, especially as someone who's creative and everything, it's so such a music, you know, music city and, and everything. How much did that uh, kind of play into you as a kid with art and, and everything like that? I think it played in a good deal. I mean, you know, I lived on the outskirts of town, which are still pretty, you know, southern. But I kind of grew up in the music industry. I was, I was like in this little kid group where we'd sing back back up on different, you know, artist records. So I, as a kid, I got to sing back up for like Willie Nelson and John oh, no way. and Alabama, all these country artists. So uh, I kind of grew up in the music business. And so I was a very Nashville kid. Ah, so what was that like? How'd you get started with the backup uh, vocals and for for Willie Nelson? My dad was in the music business. He worked at a record label. So I, I think he probably knew somebody at the time that was doing it. And we, we were a very musical family. So I uh. guess he just, he just plugged us in and we became like studio session kids. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you play any instruments growing up? I did. Yeah, I played uh, a lot of guitar through high school and college and uh, then kind of hung it up to pursue, you know, all this art stuff. Yeah. Do you still play ever? Not really. Uh, I like I like to, but yeah, there's too much else going on. Yeah, for sure. So it's not something you go back to and just kind of jam a little bit to take your mind off stuff. There's other things that you do to to fill that time, I guess. Exactly. Um, I think I'll, I think I will eventually, but uh, for now, yeah, it's usually other art related things. Yeah. So you're not the guy at the party who picks the guitar up and, and kind of goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I probably was in college. That guy trying to impress the girls, but, <laughs> uh, but not anymore. Yeah. So did you have siblings? Yeah, I've got two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three boys. Okay. So, so how was that growing up? Were they, uh, were you, are you guys pretty close in age? Were they, um, all, were they also musicians or were they artistic at all or different type of different, different type of kids? Yeah, we're all three years apart, and we're all in the creative business. My middle brother is a songwriter and uh, works, you know, leads music at churches, and then my oldest brother is also a photographer. He shoots weddings. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. So they also, I mean, your whole family very creative then. So your dad was a musician. What would your mom do? Uh, they they both have never called themselves artists, but they both are. Uh you know, my dad's really been in the marketing business, but they're both, uh, I mean, they both sing. We were always singing together, but 
Um, my mom's a teacher. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how many creative types I've talked to whose mom or dad was a teacher of some kind. Um, I always wonder how that plays in with what people end up doing. Um, and it seems to me like, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people so far for this show. And then also just in general who have parents who either taught or were in some sort. And those people always seem to thrive really well because they probably have parents who, you know, could bring that stuff home and, and everything. So do you feel like that affected you at all? Having a, having, you know, a dad that was creative, a mom that was teacher and stuff. I mean, that has to have played into what you're doing today. Yeah, I think so. But I think it was more due to the fact that they were just so supportive. I mean, right. literally so supportive of anything we wanted to do. They bought me my first camera, you know, bought me my first drawing table for art. Like anything we were interested in, they just automatically got behind, which was huge, obviously. Right. What was your first camera? Uh, in high school, they bought me uh, a digital, you know, Canon Re- – I'm sorry, not digital, a film, uh, Canon Rebel. And – um at the time, I wasn't even interested. I had no interest in photography. Right. So um, it was uh, they were way ahead of their time with that one. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've what I've read about with you and what I what I know from some other interviews and stuff that I checked out was so photography was never on your mind. It was never a thing for you. It wasn't something that you really were pursuing. You just kind of discovered it, kind of fell into it uh, through through doing design, and and it was something uh, from from what I've been able to gather that you really wanted to use as a supplement to, to your design and, and as a way to, um, you know, add texture and add, you know, more volume to the design work that you were doing. So, um, was it kind of just a, you know, for you to do photography it was kind of just a natural progression from all that entirely. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, uh, pretty intimidated and scared of photography. I took one class in college and actually made a D I just was not into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, it wasn't really until digital cameras came about that, like you said, I started using them as a tool to supplement my design work. I would shoot textures and, you know, all kinds of other stuff um, to include in my design work. But being in Nashville, everybody here is a musician or an artist of some sort. So it just started making sense to photograph and work with my friends from a photography standpoint so right right it was, it was all super organic and even a bit accidental mm. so what was your school experience like what uh, as far as like uh, maybe before college though junior high and high school did you have were you at a school that really supported arts was that a was it a big deal you know at that age and in, in the school that you were at yeah yeah uh my high school i mean they had an amazing art program and i had an a incredible art teacher that really believed in me as well as uh, I was super involved in the in chorus and singing I was always traveling on you know chorus trips and I also played basketball so I was kind of like both into the arts and now that I think about it I had the lead the lead roles in my school play so all the way around I was very <laughs> oh man a real renaissance man you were really doing everything yeah, I was very plugged into all the arts. <laughs> looking back, so all the sure. teachers loved you and probably knew everybody, and and were socializing at a pretty young age with all sorts of different people, which I guess makes sense for what you're doing now. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, I I also was very fortunate to go to a high school that really fostered the arts and really offered 
so much. I mean, I, 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 we had every type of class you could imagine in high school. And I think since I didn't go to college, that's really what did help me prepare for getting into a career so early is I felt like I was given this sort of advanced experience. So it's always great to hear, you know, cause I know it's a rare thing and, and we should be so lucky to even have been in a, in an area with a, a high school or whatever before, you know, you kind of have to grow up that that really cares enough about arts. So, um, I think that always goes a long way, but yeah, it's always amazing to hear that because then you hear other people who have high schools that just cut art programs and, and cut funding for things and all that. And that's just always so depressing to me because I feel like there's <laughs> should be more and more of that from younger and younger ages, if nothing else. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I, I, same thing here. I keep hearing in the South of art programs getting cut, music programs getting cut, or, you know, one art teacher told me that her students had, I think it was 30, 30 minutes of art every two weeks, which was just... Ugh ridiculous everything else is all academic so the only creative time they got was 30 minutes every two weeks so it's really it's really sad for sure i remember even i even remember uh you know in grade school and junior high like the the quote-unquote bad kids like the you know the stoner kids the kids who kind of didn't pay attention all day or whatever you you really could have captured their attention in school a lot more and and turned their their brains on um with art like they were all in they would all like to draw even if it was just like weird random stuff like that's you know what would be would um they would find stimulating and stuff and and uh so yeah it's you know just kind of one of those tragic things but you know you just kind of hope for the best and i'm sure your kids now are you know entrenched in in art through you and hopefully through their schools as well yeah in fact uh, just yesterday was the first time ever that my daughter uh picked up my iPhone and started shooting like really seriously. She was way into it. <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, I, I never pushed them either way. I want to support them, how, whatever they want to do. But sure. it was fun to see her uh, taking photography seriously for the first time. Right. So I guess we'll fast forward through all the school stuff real quick. Um, so your family, you have, uh, um, tell, well, tell me about your family because I know they play such a big role. And I'm curious if any of your kids are are starting to uh, take after their dad or any, any of them shooting photos or um, obviously you, what you just said there. But are, have any of them shown inclinations towards art at this point? Or are they all just kind of doing kids stuff and, and playing sports and running around and just being kids? Or Yeah, I think for the most part they're... Uh just being uh, being kids, my son is my son is all athlete, all into sports, and um, so he's playing basketball and baseball, and uh, mm-hmm. but he lo- you know he loves art, but he's de- he's definitely more like uh, my wife, just really smart, and uh, my daughter is the more kind of uh, artist like me. She's creative. She's you know forgetful. Her head is always in the clouds, you know, dreaming of something, and. Uh, so it's it's fun to watch their personalities, but she's definitely like drawing all the time, and now you know yesterday taking pictures. So it's a it's a blast to watch. We're also adopting uh, two more kids right now from Haiti. So yeah, what's that? How's that process been? How long has that you've been in the works with that? Uh, we've been almost two years, just over just over a year and a half actually. So it's been a long journey already. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll, we'll get back to that later because I definitely want to ask you more about that because I feel like that's almost its own whole separate um, subject. But um, so kind of back to the school stuff and uh, what was your what was your college experience and, and where'd you go and, and um, what was your I, I know you didn't go for photography, obviously, we kind of touched on that a little bit, but uh, 
you know, early 2000s, right? You were doing design stuff. And is that what you went to college for? Yeah, I went to college. I wanted to go to college for painting and for drawing and all that. But I think my parents were afraid of me making a living as a painter, which was pretty smart. Um, so they uh, they sent me, you know, they told me about graphic design and I was scared of it at first. But I wanted because I just didn't think I could I was capable of learning computers and Photoshop and all that stuff. But I went ahead and decided to study graphic design. And, you know, once I took my first classes and learned Photoshop, it was kind of game over from there and just really fell in love with it in terms of my interest. And uh, so, yeah, I studied design, minored in illustration, took one photography class, almost failed it. Um, and then, uh, you know, yeah, uh, I went to MTSU, by the way, Middle Tennessee State University. And um, Is that a pretty small school? It's actually the massive. It's now the largest school in Tennessee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they've got like, I don't know, I think around 25,000 students. Now. Oh, wow. Okay. Shows what I know being uh, not in Tennessee, I guess. No, it's weird. I mean, yeah, really nobody knows of it. But yeah, it's it's bigger than uh, UT Knoxville now. So hmm. it's huge. So uh, you, your design was the first interest so when when did you first use photoshop like what year was that what what version of photoshop was was kicking then gosh uh 90 i'm starting to sound old uh 90 96 was probably my first photoshop class okay so probably one of the first versions i would i would think i mean yeah. maybe the first two or three versions i would think yeah it's it's amazing if you've been i'm not sure what I'm not, I can't remember uh, what year I first started using Photoshop. I think it was a little after that. The first time I picked up using Photoshop at all. And I found my, my first illegal copy of it when I was, I think, about 14. And that would have been in 99, in 98, 99, around there. And, and yeah. um, you know, it's just like obviously come so far. But, I mean, geez, like the advantage you get by having jumped on board with that early and just knowing your way around that stuff is pretty amazing you think a program like that i mean you just said 96 i mean that's almost 20 years now it's kind of hard to believe you know when you think about photoshop <laughs> yeah. existing for for that long yeah. it's kind of insane but um yeah, that that's ridiculous that's crazy so okay so um you know 2000 was this 2000 like early 2000s so you haven't ended up uh graduating school and what what happened then i know you started a, a design company and then that's kind of when things started to really take a turn towards what you're doing today with photography yeah i uh got a job for like an ad agency here in town and i was you know i'd always thought like the advertising world would be super fun and sexy and interesting and uh and i kind of found it to be the opposite of all that i mean it was like you know i was designing like random brochures for small local companies, designing uh, websites for air conditioning companies. Mm -hmm. um, and, I actually, and I actually got fired from my first job. And not only did he fire me, but he kind of told me to like go find a different career altogether. Mm. <laughs> um, Contentious relationship or just kind of a, not the most pleasant dude? or Yeah, I mean, nice guy, but I think he just thought I sucked. And so... Um, <laughs> Fair so, enough. <laughs> yeah. So I just went on, I went on, thankfully I ignored him, um, but I went on to work for two other uh, small design shops um, and did a bunch more kind of boring, you know, work that I just, the advertising world was just not for me. Having a boss wasn't for me. I'm such a free spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of, I kind of, uh, after a couple of years just decided and told my wife, like, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and start my own thing. And I did just that. 
and uh, you know started just working and designing for friends here in town, musicians and uh, record labels and. Yeah, it just kind of took off from there. So when you left that job, and you obviously, I mean, everybody's got to get their start somewhere. And, and, you know, people hear you today, and it's 2014, you've got so much under your belt, you've done a lot. But you know, with those humble beginnings, at some point, you left that job. Um, what, what, was, what was the first, you know, Jeremy project like that was exclusively you, you know, the first project that, you know, existed because you were doing it and you were responsible for having kind of, you know, harvested the work and all that. I mean, and, and how did that come about? Was it a friend? Did you email someone? What was the kind of first project that you felt like, Hey, there's my, you know, or, or was there one, you know, one sort of first, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I remember like the very first out of the gate project, um, but I remember some of the first clients, you know, and they were they were definitely all friends. Like, there's an artist in town named Dave Barnes, uh, and I did, you know, I was doing all his designing his albums. There's an artist named by Derek Webb, and I was doing all his projects. Like, yeah, it was just all like friends and artists here in Nashville, and word would kind of spread and. It was all just super easy and organic, and um, I just went with the flow. I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. Right. It sounds like Nashville's been a pretty key component, though, like the community there and stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are making a lot of things, and you were able to, you know, you knew enough of those people to kind of, you know, get involved there. You think that had a lot to do with it? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I would have been lost without the local community and friends supporting me, Um so yeah, it was. I mean, Nashville played a huge part of my my success and getting going, and just friends friends supporting me, no doubt. Right. So you know, I know uh, you've you've mentioned this a few times, and if you follow Jeremy on Twitter or know anything about Jeremy's story or anything, um, you know, you, you are very much you know a spontaneous kind of on the fly as you go sort of person, if self taught. I mean, the whole deal. And that seems like it's really important to you. It's important to me as well. And I know a lot of other creative types, especially now, there's more people than ever freelancing in some capacity, whether it's photography, design, illustration, um, or not a creative field at all. And they're just working on their own. There's so many people willing right now to just kind of wing it and, and sort of figure it out. Um, I mean, do you, do you feel like you're seeing more and more of that? And like, why, you know, why the risk? Like, why are we so willing to... Um, sort of accept, uh, you know, non-concrete positions in life? You know, what, what is it about that? Is it the excitement? I mean, wh- like what draws you to that type of life? I don't know. I think, I think a lot of it is adventure-based. A lot of it is also fear-based. You know, I think long-term it's going to get harder and harder to make a living as a photographer. And that's definitely a whole different conversation. Um, but it's it's just like, you know, budgets get smaller, clients want more and more, there's more and more photographers, everything is cheaper, like there's this really compacting thing that's happening. So I think for me a lot of it is fear, like I don't even know if, you know, my my career will exist in ten years. And so I find myself kind of scattering myself about to diversify uh my income, but I also just enjoy it. I mean I I'm I'm very ADD by nature. So, um, you know, I love having my hands in a bunch of different things. It's a crazy way to to do it. But at the same time, it's uh, quite invigorating. I mean, I literally feel like every day 
I'm doing something completely different. Um, like even if it's even if it's still taking a photo, you still feel like it's something different, right? Sorry, say that one more time. Like you're saying, you feel like you're doing something different, even if you're doing photo, even if you're shooting photos every day, or even if you know your main thing is photography, you still feel like there's that's such a broad thing. It's not the same thing every day. And is that kind of what you mean? Like there's always some new facet to to that. It's never the same, you know. Never the same thing twice, really. Uh, yeah, when I say I'm doing something different every day, I mean like one day, you know, I'm traveling across country to speak at a conference. The next day, I'm working in downtown Nashville with the iPhone app developers, and we're planning stuff. One day it's full of meetings. One day I'm, you know, running Help Portrait, the nonprofit. Uh, the next day I'm shooting children. You know, this week I'm going to Iceland. Next week I'm going to Haiti with our adoption stuff. Um, one day I'm planning new, I have a bunch of new entrepreneurial ideas and projects I'm trying to pursue. Um, you know, some days I'm taking off completely and just being with my kids. Like there's, you know, some days I'm doing these little art videos, these right. like time-lapse drawings. So yeah, I mean, there's literally always something completely different that I've got my hands involved in and it's a blast. I love it. All right. So, yeah, I totally understand because by nature of having the position that you're in where, you know, technically the job title is photographer, um, that includes the ability to pretty much choose your own fate and do all these other things and control your, you know, your day-to-day life and, and just, you know, or, or, you know, if you're not in control because a client job comes around, at least then it's still something that's so different and so new and, and unique and, and fresh that you just kind of enjoy that. And and I think that's kind of what, you know, is just like the perfect time to be alive right now. If you're that type of person, it's so easy um, to, I'm not saying it's so easy to achieve, you know, the life you have or to do the jobs that you're doing, but it's, it's easier now than ever to get involved and at least get your foot in the door to do that for, for young people or for someone who's older, who wants to stop, you know, a job or kind of moonlight as a photographer or designer or anything else, you know, now is such a good time to to be taking those risks because there's more tools and more, you know, uh, things at people's disposal than ever before. So, I mean, yeah, I, I hear you, man. It's, it's fun. Like, you know, there's risk involved and, and I don't know why, um, the constant fear I have it too, of like, Hey, what if my, you know, what if, what if nobody wants my work tomorrow? Um, and so you try and do as much as you can to, you know, sort of prevent that from being a problem in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just like there's definitely uh, fears and insecurities involved, and I think all that just makes uh makes me hustle that much harder. You know, right? So your first, you know, your first projects and stuff were all very Nashville oriented projects. It sounds like, um, but. When was it that, you know, you, cause now, I mean, in your sort of description and as a lot of people know, the celebrity photographer title, um, what, you know, what is that rooted in Nashville as well? Or did something happen where suddenly you were like, Hey, I'm starting to shoot people who, you know, are, you know, notable people. And again, so did that come, you know, from roots in Nashville with musicians there or, you know, was there something else that sort of broke that wide open? Uh, and there's definitely something that broke it open. I mean, I was definitely shooting some, you know, local celebrities, you know, in the like in the Christian music scene. I was shooting a lot of the, the, the artists here in town, but I was up for a job and I was competing against um, an agent in Los Angeles who has all these, you know, celebrity photographers. And I 
ended up beating her for the job. And so she went and, uh, you know, discovered me because I beat her. She's like, who was this guy that got this job? So she looked me up and, um, you know, she called me that day. I was like, hey, I love your work and would love to represent you. And I didn't even know that photographer representatives existed. And so we signed a deal um, shortly thereafter. And the next thing I know, you know, she was flying me out to L.A. and well, not flying me. I was flying myself, but <laughs> she w- she was taking me out of the, all these meetings with all the TV networks and uh, movie studios and magazines, and for sure she took me to that next level of shooting legitimate celebrities and not just you know locals. Hmm. So there was really one person who really kind of was responsible to help pull you from where you're at now into that world. Like there was a very specific moment for that. And then you didn't yeah, really a, do anything to make that happen. It sort of just was like a, you put your time in and then this thing happened. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think a lot of other photographers like, man, how do I get that to happen to me? How do I go find an agent and make it easy? And I think uh, I, I did make it look easy. I mean, it, it, it was accidental for sure. I mean, most agents get, you know, my agent tells me she gets, contacted 200 times a week by photographers so it's very hard I mean you kind of want them to find you um and uh you know I think uh even these days I'm not even sure the agent model is the way to go because you know the agent exists to get out there and get you work but now with social media everybody um really is kind of their own agent and in fact there's a few kind of consultants in the photo industry that are preaching a message that is how to be your own agent. Don't go get one, but learn to be your own. And uh, in this day and age, I'll definitely support that idea. I mean, I had a great experience with my agent, but at the same time, um, I don't really think it's necessary anymore. I actually left my agent last year. Um, we still have a great friendship, but you know, I would just kind of rather do this on my own now. Hmm. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. So you now handle all your business, um, you know, on your own now and, and, or do you have somebody kind of, obviously now like you're running more of a a business. It's not just you sitting there doing every last little thing or there's interns and stuff, but are you still mainly responsible at this point now for handling, you know, negotiations and you know, you know, giving estimates and, and quotes and fees and all that stuff? Or do you still, I mean, cause I, I agree. I think it's great to do that on your own first. Cause I did that on my own first for years. And then eventually I have a project manager coming into the fold and who helps me with that now. And for me, where I'm at, I prefer to have someone handle all that. I, but I, I stay involved still. And I think it's really important to put that time in, like you said, learn how to do it yourself. And if eventually it's right for you to get an agent or a manager or whatever, then that's great. But I mean, there's nothing like at, at the very least being able to sort of talk the talk, you know, with that agent or manager along with the client on the phone, because I feel like the feeling of being left out of your own business is like one of the worst things in the world for me to think about is that, would you say the same thing? At least, you know, at least put the experience and, or at least work on gaining the experience, put your time in before you make the decision to do that instead of just being like, Hey, how do I get an agent right now? How do I get a person to do this for me? Yeah, exactly. I've certainly learned a lot of that stuff, but now, uh, now I just have a, a business manager who he has other clients, but we work in the same space. And so he's kind of my, like when I get a job that comes in, I just hate discussing money in general. I think most artists do. And mm-hmm. so I forward any inquiries to him and he, uh, he, you know, does those negotiations and handles the contracts and stuff and billing. Yeah. And, and then my wife actually um, is my producer. So 
with all the details on shoes, assistance and catering and, you know, uh, gear rental and hair and makeup and all that stuff. She, she produces all those logistics. And so between the two of them, they kind of handle the stuff that I'm not very good at and mm. I'm able to focus on the creative. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think that's, that, that to me it exemplifies sort of the trajectory that a lot of artists and designers that I've seen be successful have gone on and done themselves or should at least try and strive to do work. I mean, you could do all those things, but you now fully realize what your strengths are and where they lie. And so you've delegated these other responsibilities that like, you know, yeah, sure, you could handle them, but you're at a point now in your career where you've found people that you trust and who are very close to you who can handle that stuff while you really focus on doing what you're best at. And therefore, you're, you know, you're providing jobs for people, you're doing what you're best at, and it just becomes kind of this well-oiled machine. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think a lot of people try and do too much or try and, you know, do all of that, um, which isn't necessarily the most conducive thing to being creative. Um, and eventually, you know, the goal is to be able to have somebody helping you with that stuff. But yeah, I think in the beginning when you're first starting out, um, you know, uh, unless there's some random reason I can't think of right now that it's really good to try and do all that stuff a little bit on your own. So, I mean, it sounds like at some point you were doing all that stuff on your own and have kind of now figured out a way to have other people sort of manage the f little minute details that you'd rather not be dealing with day in and day out. Yeah, exactly. It's super important to, to eventually find those people because I don't think any of us creatives are really wired to handle accounting and invoicing and all that stuff. I mean, it's great. It's great and awesome if you can, but I'm definitely not that guy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, all right. So the first time that you ever did like a, a big project, where was the first time you ever saw your work? somewhere that felt big was it a magazine was it on tv and and who was it who was the first kind of like you know where you saw it out in the wild and you were like oh my god like <laughs> look everybody look at this you know yeah i think i mean probably the times i was really blown away it's when i started seeing billboards and you know all around los angeles featuring my photos on them I and that's definitely a a trippy feeling to know that millions of people a day or seeing your work on the 405 or, you know, on Sunset Boulevard, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so with the celebrity stuff, I mean, is that something, you know, I mean, you're just, you're such a person of, um, you know, you, you strike me as someone who wants to have so much meaning in your work and in your life. And you do so many things that we'll get to in a little bit here, side projects. And I shouldn't even call them side projects because they take up a lot of your time and energy and stuff. But it's such an interesting sort of juxtaposition for you as someone who shoots celebrities. And then at the same time, you know, which some people might view as, um, or the stereotype would be viewed as, you know, um, sort of superficial type of things or, you know, so corporate and commercial and it kind of has a feel to it that's just sort of, you know, just in this kind of realm that some people don't look at as anything more than, oh, it's celebrity photography or whatever. And then you do all this other stuff that's so full of life. But I imagine that there is a lot of life and there is a lot of energy and there is a lot of um, you know, real meaning packed into even those celebrity shoots that just people don't experience day to day. But of course, I'm sure there is all the other stuff. So um, I guess what I'm curious to know, 
um, is not so much about the celebrities themselves. You know, I'm not really interested in like, oh, tell me your, you know, about the celebrities you've met. But um, I mean, have there been some instances where you've gone into a shoot with a celebrity that you kind of thought were sort of anticipating one thing and came out at the end of the day, like, wow, like they really surprised me. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised to, to meet them and learn about them and see what they did. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's always hard cause you have so little time usually. Right, right. Um, but it, it, it is nice. Those few times I do get to connect. I got to spend a, a day last year in the recording studio with Gwyneth Paltrow. She was singing on a, on a friend's record and I'm a huge fan of hers. And so she was super sincere and genuine and, was just uh, really appreciative of working together that day. So I love meeting her. Um, last week I blogged about an experience I had with this actor, uh, John Schneider, and he was a part of the show I was shooting for the uh, the Oprah Oprah Network called the Have and Have Nots. And you know we were just going through the motions of doing the shoot, and uh, I uh, was just taking his pictures, and he was goofing off and laughing and jumping around and then you know all of a sudden when he walked off set and he's like hey can I take a couple more pictures and I was like sure he said there's something going on so he walks back over and starts weeping and he had been doing these you know president uh, impressions all day and so I thought this was another impression of somebody and uh but he was legitimately crying legitimately crying and so man I took a few photos and finally walked over and just like hugged him. I didn't know what else to do. And, um, you know, he said, my dad died, uh, an hour ago. I just found out and I just needed, wanted you to capture that. And I was just shocked. I mean, just had no clue and was amazed at his professionalism to be able to take those pictures during that hour. Um, and so I think he left shortly after that to go, uh, you know, to fly home to be with his family. But that's, that's by far the most touching and real experience I've ever had yeah. with a with a celebrity. Yeah, that's that that uh, I know you shared that story on your blog, and and it kind of just went all over the place on the internet. I mean, obviously for good reason. I mean, that was kind of a fascinating story, obviously. And, and anybody who hasn't seen it yet, I mean, you can go to Jeremy's site and go to his blog, and there's a um, the whole story there about John Schneider and how he was photographing him and that whole story he just shared, but. I mean, yeah, that blew me away. And I just think it, that has to be kind of one of those things that like, I mean, that to me would be one of the biggest, strongest magnets um, to keep me in, you know, you know, if I were you to keep me in that job. I mean, the fact that that could happen, I mean, you know, on any given shoot at any given time, any, any day when you're least expecting it, I mean, is pretty amazing. But it's interesting how different photographers might have handled that, you know, and I think he probably saw something in you, you know, where he felt comfortable doing that too. I mean, I'm sure there's photographers who he would have felt like, yeah, you know what, this just isn't the right time, the right place. But I mean, I'm sure he also saw something in you. So I'm really interested to know based off of that story. And, and like, I guess my assumption that he did feel comfortable in that way. I mean, how, how hard has it been for you to, you know, or easy or whatever to, um, aside from being a photographer, I mean, you have to be such a good people person and you have to be someone who's relatable and fun and, and has a good time with people. If you're going to get the best possible, you know, subject um, matter from these people at the end of the day, especially celebrities who, you know, are running low on time or, you know, they just want to get it over with. 
I mean, is that something that you've honed over the years or did you feel like that came natural to you when you started uh, shooting photographs? Uh, I actually feel like it's still a struggle. I mean, I feel like that's probably the least thing that I've really mastered. I mean, I, I uh, try to approach shoots really just as I am. I mean, the the tone and my my mannerisms right now in this interview are the exact same on a on a photo shoot. I mean, I'm I'm extremely laid back and mellow, uh, even in the highest of stressful photo shoots. I mean, I had a I had a a, a very <laughs> diva experience a few weeks ago with a famous author who was literally screaming the entire shoot, just yelling at everybody and was super bipolar and would say one thing and then do the opposite and. It was a crazy shoot, um, but I was, you know, just like I am now, just kind of trying to, to, to be laid back about it and try to help her out. And you know, by the end of the day, the client, you know, a lot of times it's it's how you handle situations, and it's less about your work. And I think, uh, I think if anything, maybe that's that's why people come back to me is that I just, you know, photo shoots are. It's really game. It's something fun. And too many people take it way too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, there are much more important things in life than taking pictures. So I just never get stressed out. I mean, um, but like I said, I still don't feel like I'm great at like, I don't have any secrets of like interacting with subjects or, you know, there, there aren't any methods that I've worked on. I just try to be a friend and listen and be laid back and be humble and, uh, you know, found that that's typically, uh, you know, worked on these crazy celebrity experiences. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important and I'm sure that there's uh, photographers who have other, you know, methods or whatever that they use. But I think at the end of the day, if people want your work, there's a reason for that. And so for you to just be yourself on the shoot, I guess is probably the best formula, but man, I, I just think, you know, like you're suddenly behind that camera and you want people to have a good time and you want to be doing your job and doing it well and stuff like staying mellow and not getting anxious and and everything's got to be a a challenge in and of itself. And it sounds like, you know, that's just kind of the best thing that for you, you know, seems to work. So I'm sure that that rubs off, you know, I guess on other people, hopefully, (laughs) but so have you ever had any, uh, you know, uh, that, so that was one experience. Have you ever had any, I'm sure you have, but like any shoots in particular that afterwards you were like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely that shoot. That's, that's by far the craziest meltdown I've ever witnessed. I mean, I've certainly had, you know, celebrities just be high maintenance and where they request really specific things or they, it's usually never targeted me. It's, it's always other Right. You know, they hate their wardrobe or they hate, you know, they someone else on set is driving them crazy or they hate the food or they don't feel good or, you know, they're tired. You know, there's always there's always something. It's, it's never been me. But, you know, the meltdown I witnessed a few weeks ago was definitely my one truly crazy story. I mean, she would, for example, she at one point told me to play some music by Sade, the artist. And so I pick up my phone and I go to Spotify and I'm playing, you know, Sade and three songs pass. And she's like, that's it. I've had it. I'm getting my phone and playing my music. (laughs) She runs over and she grabs her phone and puts it down and plays Sade. The same thing I was playing, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You just didn't hit the play button right. Like she prefers it tapped with the, like, you know, the pinky finger instead. 
Yeah, exactly. And I just, I mean, what do you do? I just kind of like, I just laughed and just kept shooting, you know, just like, all right, whatever. Um, and it was like that all day. She would, you know, she would just freak out and nothing she said even made any, made any sense. And so it was, it was one of those, there's that website clients from hell. Yeah. And it was one of those days (laughs) where everything belonged on that website. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think, have you seen, or do you think there are photographers who, um, would have had a situation like that and just, and made it, made it a lot worse? I mean, like, Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And cause I, I mean, I know how other photographers work just because my assistants, you know, tell me stories. You know, my assistants work with all the photographers. So right. I hear I hear some of the funny stories about photographer meltdowns. So there's no doubt that a lot of photographers that day would have just would have just walked away and quit, you know. Yeah, I have to imagine you're coming from the Midwest and from Nashville. I mean, just it's a slower pace. You know, I'm in Chicago. I mean, it's a you know, it's just it's slower. And you go out to L.A. and, and I'm sure that that's got to bolster you a little bit, you know, in the face of that stuff. You're like, whoa, man, like, chill out, like take it easy. <laughs> and if, maybe if you're born and raised and, and work and have been in that sort of LA industry or in New York or, you know, I mean, I guess not to pigeonhole that you could be from anywhere and be like that, but I'm, I, I'd have to imagine like going back to your roots and the type of family you're from has to go a long way in those types of situations. Like you just kind of yeah. remember who you are and where you're from and you're like, just take it easy. <laughs> like it'll be good. Yeah, I think so. I think the Southern thing is, you know, definitely part of it. I love bringing my wife on shoots because she, even more so than me, brings a huge amount of Southern charm that is so laid back and so mellow. And, mm. and yeah, I just, just don't care about the things that, you know, people in LA seem to care about. Um, especially in that, in, in the entertainment industry in LA, I mean, it's almost just a part of the gig to be, to have an ego and to be full of yourself. Um, I guess you kind of have to be to really pursue that career, but yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't care, but I, I still enjoy being in that, that environment because there's so much pressure and there's so many things you have to accomplish at once. It's like a really complicated word problem to solve, you know? Hmm. So, uh, yeah. I do, yeah. I do enjoy it. Sure. Well, I want to switch up here, what we're, you know, going from all the, the celebrity shoots and all that. Cause I know that's only one part, um, of, of the many parts that make up your life and your work and everything. Um, you have a lot of non-commercial projects, um, or, or just a lot of personal projects that have been self-initiated. And it seems to me like those are extremely important to you. Um, and I, you know, I, I was trying to figure out where to begin with these, um, cause you've had a lot, but I just, you know, wanted to kind of just throw a couple out there and let you kind of talk about, about the, you know, sort of conception of some of these projects. And I wanted to start with help portrait and just to sort of frame that up. I mean, um, for people who maybe don't know about it, um, you know, it was basically a chance for people to have pictures taken of them and their families and printed and given to them so that they had pictures of their families, right? I mean, that was kind of like the essence of it. Yeah, super simple. Just take pictures of people in need, print them on the spot and give them away with no agenda. Yeah. So that... Did that? Um, what what year did that get started, and has that grown well beyond what kind of you ever anticipated? And just kind of share some of the, I guess the, um, you know, just the guts of that whole project. I mean, how did that come to fruition, and and when where is it at now, and and everything? Yeah, it was a simple idea I had in two thousand eight, and it was really just to do it locally. I just gathered a, a handful of photographers. Um, 
here in Nashville to go down to um, a local, you know, nonprofit and give away pictures to the families there. And we did that. And afterwards we put a, a video in face on Facebook and um, it was uh, really simple. I mean, literally eight people left comments. I had eight comments on the video, but those eight comments were enough for me to go, wow, like if these eight people want to be a part of it, like I bet a lot more people, you know, around the world would, would maybe want to do this. And so I, I had to wait nine months cause that was already January. So that next August or September, I put a video out on my blog and thankfully some other people helped me blog it and spread the word about what if we did this globally and what if we spent one day, you know, doing it for people. So that uh, December of 2009, I, I had no idea how many people would do it. I didn't know if it would be 50 or 100 or 1,000 or whatever. Um, but that Christmas of 2009, we had uh, we gave away like 40-something thousand portraits in over 40 countries wow. on, on our first attempt. And so, uh, yeah, it was like this crazy accidental, you know, global movement of sorts. And uh We've now been doing it for five years, so it's uh, it's definitely been a surprising, um, but a beautiful, some, you know, beautiful, simple thing. Right. That spread very organically. Yeah, and, and and were you pretty shocked when you started to see? I mean, because it really has kind of taken on a life of its own without you being there for it. I mean, you sort of started this idea. It's almost more of an idea. Um, that, you know, Help Portrait is kind of the umbrella for and people can get under it um, without you having to be there. And so you sort of set up this new concept. Um, and were you surprised at how much it meant to people and how much you've seen other people when they're given photos of like their own family for the first time? Like how, you know, because I, I, I know that you have stories that would, you know, make, you know, people move to tears and all that stuff. But like just on a very core level, like the first time that happened, were you taken aback by like, whoa, I, I don't know if I realized that this was going to <laughs> mean as much to people as kind of supposed to be this like fun little thing. And, and next thing you know, you had kind of created this, um, you know, something bigger than you had ever imagined. Yeah, no doubt that um, that first, you know, couple weeks after our first global event, I mean, it was it was pure shock. I remember just tweeting nonstop for weeks after it happened because the stories that were coming in were just insane, you know, hearing about kids getting their first pictures in India and Brazil and Russia and seeing, you know, uh, just the stories of photographers coming, coming together, giving the cameras to kids to take pictures of each other. Like it was just one crazy story after another. So it was like three or four weeks of pure shock for sure. Mm. Um, and I think every year I'm reminded that that it's it's you know because we work all year on it and then you know we just we we hustle like crazy and then by the time the event comes we're kind of burnt out and just spent and don't don't even know if it's worth it and then the event happens and it's you know all over again we're refreshed and just blown away at, at uh so yeah it's it's incredible to yeah. see how much it means to people yeah that's great and and for you it's just you know um like, I mean, where, where do you see, or do you even not really think about, you know, not, not to be like a pat yourself on the back for this, but I mean, what do you get out of this? I mean, why, like, why do it? Why, why, why should someone do this? Is it, is it purely a, you know, if you have, you know, the means to do something nice, you should do it. 
I mean, what, like, what was what was the incentive on your end to do something like this that would take up a lot of time, or any of these projects that you do that takes up a lot of time, but doesn't necessarily provide you an immediate, um, you know, gain? Is it kind of because of who you are, where you're coming from? I mean, what's the what's the uh, incentive that you think of? Well, I think it's the same same question is why why should we help people in general? Why should right. we serve? Why should we feed each other? Why should we, you know, do all these things like food, shelter, clothing, all those things kind of feed our material needs, the outside, you know, they we have to live on those things. But we also need to be fed, as cheesy as it is to say, we also have to be fed on the inside. You know, our souls have to be fed. And I think um, the more creatively and sincerely that can be done, the better. And so Help Portrait is this incredible way of doing something very different, but showing people, people who are forgotten, you know, people who live on the streets, people who have been abused, people who generally the world hates to show them that, look, you're amazing. Uh, here's a picture of yourself. You know, the, the photographers in the community love on them that day. We feed them, we clothe them, we take their pictures, we do their hair and makeup, like, it's really just um, so, so far more about just photography. It's about, you know, mm. just love it, loving people for who they are and where they are. And um, we've literally, literally seen it change lives, um, which that in itself is crazy that a, that a day of photography <laughs> can, can change a life. But yeah. I've got stories for days where, you know, people's lives have turned around from one from one event. Yeah. Well, for the record, I don't think it's uh, cheesy to say that I think it's a pretty beautiful thing. I think there's, it doesn't really matter what your spirituality is, what your religion is, what your view on, you know, um, anything is. To, I mean, like you said before, to have people be fed more, you know, their souls and, and kind of on a on an emotional level and stuff is just so important. And I think, you know, as artists who have the abilities and the talents to do things we can use our creativity to help people out and that was really like you saw like a really great opportunity to do that and you did it and it's just been a joy to follow and see updates over the last several years and and just to know that people get a lot out of that I think there's you know like you said I mean you, you know there's just there's nothing cheesy about it but there's no other good way to say it, you know like getting people fed like on a soul level or whatever but I mean that's the best way to say it and and it's a pretty beautiful thing really um and I I just think it's great um, so kudos to you for doing that. I know you don't, you know, want to be like the pat on the back type of thing and, you know, you're yeah. just, but I mean, it's, it's been, I just think it's a good testament to, um, what, you know, the impact can be, um, you know, in, in a, in an industry like a creative or photography or whatever industry that there's so much more that people can do that they even probably realize with their talents that could help people and, and go a really long way. So, so good for you, man. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. And I hope there's been some, I hope you've heard stories of other people starting their own little, you know, help portrait style things or whatever, cause you know, or, or just other projects that were spurred on from hearing the story of you doing that. Cause I think it's just, I think it's just great. Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it's been cool to see the other things that's, uh, you know, kind of prompted or inspired. I, I get a lot of emails on that front like, hey, your help portrait inspired me to do this. So it's definitely kind of an infectious, you know, it's really simple. You just use whatever your talent talent or interest is and you channel that in a way to help other people. So, yeah, I'm all for yeah people taking it and turning it into other things. 
Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about OK Do This, which is kind of similar in uh, encouraging people to be creative, um, uh, although maybe on a less emotional level. Um, I'm sure, though, there are emotional ties to this as well, but in a very different way. Um, so you recently um, sort of, I, I don't know what the, um, co- you know, created, started, you know, collaborated with some developers and whatever, but you really kind of came up with this um, idea for this app called OK Do This that essentially would, um, through people from, a, you know, the community that would join, provide ideas and concepts for photos that you could take. So it's sort of like just giving you this uh, list of ideas of things to do um, so that you people, when they want to shoot a photo, maybe don't shoot the same old thing that they've shot before. Or they, you know, it's a reason to um, spur someone to be more creative or to think through. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. How's that been going? And, and, um, and uh, what, when did you get started on that? Yeah. Um, I actually had the idea. It's crazy. Six months before Instagram ever launched, so uh, that shows you the life of how long, you know, I've been thinking about it. Um, that was in March of 2010. Um, uh, you know, there was a company here in town that does apps. They reached out to me with an idea. Uh, I responded, you know, with another idea. And uh, granted, it was the very basic seed of the idea. And uh, we have partnered ever since then. And it's really become a marriage of us working together. And so it's been nearly four years um, that, you know, the first two years we didn't, I mean, obviously we didn't work on this full time. It was a very loose, you know, every couple of months we check in and, you know, work on it a little bit. And it really hasn't been until the last year that we've, you know, f- you know, floored it and really worked hard on the, on the app. And uh, we released it this past November just a couple months ago and uh it's gone amazingly well i mean i'm i'm thrilled with the app uh the the photography photography community seems to be semi-obsessed with it addicted is the word we keep hearing um we obviously have a long ways to go still i mean with launching any social network it's a it's a bit of a beast and so um but I'm I'm thrilled at our progress so far i love working with this team like i couldn't be happier hmm. So the uh, app itself launched when exactly? It was just I mean, a few months ago, right? And it's not yeah, been... it was the week after Thanksgiving. So, you know, two and a half, two and a half months, I'd say. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And so um, tell me a few, maybe like uh, just so, you know, people who are listening who haven't used it before um, really, you know, maybe still don't understand. Just what are a couple of the, um, like the, you know, quote unquote do's um, is what you call them. What are some of the action sort of things, you know, that are some examples of things that uh, you've seen pop up that you've really enjoyed looking at? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the app is based on ideas, and we call the ideas do's, you know, things that you can do. So um, the the do's are 140 characters, so really anything that you can think of, whether it's an idea, a quote, a lyric, a joke, um, anything. I mean, uh, the, uh, and so once other people see or do, they translate that into photos and so we have all these different categories you can assign your dues to um but like for example i'm looking in the uh the popular general section it's like fill the frame with a circle any circle another one is look up uh, make something boring look interesting something that represents your life right now um house portrait uh you know there's all these different um 
it go, there's literally tens of thousands of dues. I mean, I could, I could read these for a week and not even get through half the list. Mm. So, um, it's pretty insane. And so like I've uploaded or added over 300, almost 400 dues and I can browse my own dues by the most popular to see which idea people are responding to. So the, my most popular is fill the frame with a circle. Uh, my third most popular is your photography logo. So it's interesting to see all the logos. My fifth most popular is uh, mother daughter moments, um, diagonal lines only. It's all about the tones. So yeah, it's, it's really fun to, to see the way people are, uh, you know, translate each idea. Yeah. And it probably is something that, you know, anybody who's used it and doesn't consider themselves you know, a photographer, um, has been probably learning a lot about themselves. I'd imagine like, you know, someone, someone, uh, sees some direction and they think, well, I didn't come up with the idea. And then they go out and shoot and are sort of enabled. I, it seems to me like it's, it's the type of, you know, I don't want to keep referring to it just as an app because it's obviously a much bigger concept and it requires you to go do something. Um, of course, but seems to me like the the real you know concept behind it is enabling people to be creative um even if they are at a, a loss for ideas of what to go do i mean it's really um a way to to you know kind of light a fire under people to to make things and be like hey here like we're gonna have this community that sends ideas out there into the world and then you go do it and you get feedback on it and it's just a fun you know sort of more um you know in-depth version of Instagram, I guess, with some reasons behind why, you know, you would see it. Um, is that, does that sound kind of right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, you know, we, we keep saying we're trying to kill creative block, which, uh, you know, I think to a large degree it does do that. And a lot of people said it does that for them. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, we're trying to, you know, anytime people are bored of the camera, they can go to, okay, do this and and browse a literally endless, you know, um, database of ideas. Yeah. Well, that's, I love it. And, uh, I also wanted to ask, um, cause I know at one point early on and I don't, I couldn't find the tweet. Um, but, uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll know uh, what I'm talking about, but you had sort of addressed some criticism about it. Um, what, you know, have, have you had some pushback on it at all from like a creative community just in terms of like, Hey, you know, this is like, stepping on toes at all, of, uh, you know, or anything like that? I mean, because I, I think at one point, am I, am I correct in that? Did you kind of have to address or feel like you should address at some point that it's not meant to be this, it's it's this, and, you know, it's kind of only if you, you know, are taking it the wrong way that it could be construed as, you know, negative to creativity or anything? Yeah, in the beginning, uh, 100% of the negative feedback was people who hadn't even used the app yet, which was always... Uh, Pretty funny. Um, I mean, literally nobody that has used the app has complained. The The complaint in the beginning was that it's, you know, oh, we're all stealing each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the people who hadn't used the app yet. But once you use the app, you really start to understand that it's not about stealing ideas at all. It's really, if anything, showcase, further showcasing each of our individuality because it's showing how each of us interpret the same ideas extremely differently right so um, once once people get in the app they start to understand that and i don't hear of anybody complaining once they get it it's all the it's all the people um totally judging it by its cover Hmm. you know 
Sure. Yeah, I was wondering about it. I was trying to actually just for myself, trying to remember what the criticism had been, because I remember thinking about it that when you now that I'm reminded of it, I just remember thinking like, well, it doesn't strike me as like I, I, people are a they're putting the ideas out there, signing up for this, they know what they're in for. And that's half the fun is, is coming up with a, an idea and seeing what other people do with it. It's not stealing ideas. It's just like, hey, what if you went into this? It's like sharing an idea as if you were sitting around with a bunch of friends and and, you know, you were like, hey, you should go take a picture of that cool thing over there. Like, look at that. And they did it. And then like, all right, great. <laughs> like, it's all positive. Yeah. It's all meant to be, you know, it's all meant to be an encouraging, you know, platform for people to share ideas, not steal ideas, not any of that stuff. So, yeah, I was exactly. just curious what that was and if there had been any further criticism or if you had to deal with any people, you know, taking it a wrong way. Because people are so sensitive with creativity and and their content and stuff that they make and all that and and I I knew obviously knowing you there's nothing about it that's meant to be like that it's purely something that's meant to you know make people have a lot of fun and and everything so um where where are you trying to take that this year so with the new year here do you have any particular plans for um for okay do this kind of what's the next stage of that for you or the next sort of thing that you'd like to see it kind of develop into yeah i mean we have a ton of new, you know, both immediate and further down the road dreams for the app. I mean, obviously, I don't. I think anybody can guess that video will be a step at, at some point because the app will be just as interesting with videos as it is stills. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not going to put a date on that yet because we don't know. But and then Android, you know, we're trying to work on Android right now and get that out there. Um, but in terms of specific features i mean there's there's a long list that we hope to launch soon one of the ones that i'm excited about getting out there soon is to do lists so you know you have a a weekend trip coming up and you want to be able to create a list of all your friends best dues you know that are specific to a weekend trip and so you know soon i want to be able to to put that out there where you can make a little to-do list where you gather the best dues together for a specific purpose. So, um, but there's that and a bunch of other stuff we want to get out there soon. So I'm excited about it. Cool. Were you, uh, were you involved in the actual design and like, and all this stuff with the app itself or were you more behind the concepting and left it up to the, the team that you hired to actually develop and design it? And so, no, I, I've been my partner and I, Kurt, I mean, we've been, uh, integral. I mean, I actually have three partners, but Kurt and I have really, both art directed and produced it all. Um, so I've been super, super involved in every step of the design process. Um, but we do have an interface designer um, named Nick who he, he is ultimately responsible for how beautiful the interface is. I don't really take credit for it cause it's all been him, mm-hmm. but I have been um, heavily involved as an art director and just kind of, steering the ship but anytime we kind of give him direction he basically just knocks it out of the park and requires no further direction so he's done a great job right on that's cool to hear so you've just found all the right people for this idea and made it happen it seems to be a a theme you've got going here which is a good thing i think anybody listening i just feel like when i do these interviews i'm trying to figure out you know at the end like all right what did i learn from that and and it's just for you know with talking with you i just keep further reinforcing the idea that you know, you, you have these ideas and you work on them and eventually you find the person who 
um, can take some of the parts of your idea and, and do them even better so that you can continue to focus on on the core of the original idea or whatever it is that relates to it that you can do best. And, and it seems like you work in all the projects that you do, whether it's, you know, your main photography business or whether it's these other projects, you know, like, okay, do this or help portrait that you just continue to find sort of small teams of trustworthy friends and people who can come on and you guys all enable each other and end up with a great product. And I think that's pretty much the, uh, like the foundation for, for any good collaborative project. It sounds to me like you just have found a nice method to do these. And I hope to just continue seeing you have these ideas and be able to bring them to life. I think that's one of the most impressive things with you, man. Like you're always tweeting about like something, you know, some idea that you've got or whatever. And then sure enough, within a few months, it seems like you always follow through. And I'm sure you'd say that there's some things you haven't followed through on or blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, some of the bigger ideas you've had, you've really you know, come through on and they're out there for people to, to check out and, and use and, and have fun with. And I mean, I, yeah, I just, I hope you, I hope you, uh, have felt, you know, um, a lot of good feedback from that. Cause it's just, it's awesome to see you follow through with all those things and actually bring them to life. Thanks man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there, there's certainly a ton of ideas out there that have never been, uh, pursued, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, Miles Davis was the jazz musician that uh, crank, I think he cranked out over 50 albums, but we really only know him for, you know, a handful. And so I, I kind of look at his idea, look at ideas as albums. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always going to be cranking stuff out and I hope that some of them stick. Um, but that's just who I am. I'm, I'm before a photographer, an artist, I'm, I'm just an idea person trying to to bring things to life, you know, like you said, with teams and with my community, but it's definitely what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, any things that you've been, uh, working on lately or any things you got coming up you want to talk about? I know you've been, uh, photographing, um, kids and some students lately. Um, what's, uh, I don't know if that's a project you want to share a little bit about. Yeah, it was really weird. I just, I don't know. I just suddenly got started thinking about the idea of photographing children. I've done it a few times in the past, but in the past it's been like the typical, you know, say cheese, the kids, the parents want these goofy, you know, lame uh, standard pictures of kids smiling. But I I did a a shoot last week of some kids and I started to realize like with shooting kids, there's lots of things happening that you don't have. You don't have insecurities. You don't need hair and makeup. You don't need retouching. There's no 60 to 90 day payment plans. There's no publicist, no management, no entourage. There's no, um, you know, there's, you release the images when you want. You treat the images how you want. Um, I started to realize that there's all this freedom involved that you don't deal with with adults. And, um, and so, yeah, I've been kind of doing it over the past week, really just as a, another little ADD outlet of mine. And uh, I found it incredibly refreshing and rewarding. Um, I don't, I don't have them smile. I don't even direct them at all. I just kind of find the right mood and composition and light, and uh, let them, you know, exist and do whatever they want within my little parameters. And I capture images that I find uh, incredibly rewarding. So yeah, it's it's been a fun little um, 
break from the norm of what I usually photograph. Yeah. Is that ultimately for anything or is it just kind of a personal, like you said, one of those way to look at it as like an album. It's just another sort of thing you're doing right now and sharing with people. Well, my wife and I are adopting, and so uh, and we've we've been through a really difficult um, process over the last year involving corruption and all kinds of crazy stuff. We've lost a lot of money throughout the adoption process. So, you know, I'm getting paid for these kid shoots, and and they're part of our adoption fundraising. Um, you know, we're raising more funds, and so it is it is a job, I guess you could say. But at the same time, it's um, I only did the jobs because I'm looking at it as a little side portfolio project. You know, I'm treating it just as seriously as I would an actual, you know, artist photo shoot, but it's just a different, um, different purpose. Sure. That's great. Love it. Well, um, any other things you want to chat about here before we, uh, before we wrap up, any things you want to promote, talk about, just kind of like to give people a chance to share, even if it's just your Twitter, Instagram, any, anything at all, um, that you want to kind of, kind of share about uh i don't think so i mean yeah I'm, you can find me at just my name on all the social networks jeremy cower or just jeremy on okay to this um but uh yeah i think that's it man i really appreciate you having me i'm a huge huge fan of, of yours and have been ever since i discovered you so um you're you're one of the guys that makes me glad i'm not designing anymore because i could never <laughs> i could never even begin to keep up with you so uh, well i appreciate that that's, that's very <laughs> very flattering of you I, I appreciate that and and thank you for saying that and thank you for being on and it's always a pleasure for me to have people on who uh, there's a lot of mutual respect and and uh, you and i haven't really worked together before i know we've chatted in the past uh, about some things that have popped up and I don't think we've actually ended up doing anything, but hopefully maybe this year or in, in the future will be bring some sort of opportunity to, to collaborate. And, and uh, if that happens, I'll definitely look forward to it. And uh, one way or another, I'm sure we will. If, if nothing else, we can always just uh, force something and, <laughs> and figure exactly. something out, you know, even if the, some client thing doesn't pop up. But yeah, man, thanks. Thanks, thanks for saying that. And uh, it's always cool. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't really touch on the design stuff that you do, but you do continue to, to design and do a lot of art projects with your photographs. And they're always fascinating to watch and um, see what you're, what you're doing with that, too. So um, I think you'd be just fine if you went back into the, uh, into the design world. So, um, anyways, all right, well, Hey, thanks again. Um, really appreciate having you on and, um, people can check out your work, Jeremy That's C O W A R T.com. And, uh, same, same name and everything else probably right on Instagram, Twitter, and, and everywhere else. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate having you on. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care, right. Jeremy.